Cape Ann Report, and I'm your host, Maureen Aylward. Our topic is light pollution on Cape Ann. My guests include Michael Deneen, co-founder of the Gloucester Area Astronomy Club and president of the North Shore Amateur Astronomy Club. Dr. Mario Mata, a cardiologist and trustee of the American Medical Association. He's also an author on an AMA report urging low blue LED lighting. Eric Hutchins, former member of the Rockport Planning Board during the effort to promote and pass Rockport lighting laws and bylaws. Um, and Dick Lukey, who's a member of the Gloucester Area Astronomy Club and unofficially, apparently, the light policeman of Gloucester. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, welcome to Cape Man Report, everybody. Hi. On this really most important show, that uh, I hope we can build awareness around light pollution on Cape Ann as we move through the program. But first I'd like to talk about what light pollution can take away, which is the dark sky. We have a treasure above us, and sometimes we don't ever get to see it. So, Michael, my first question to you is, can you tell us what we have here and where in terms of the dark sky? <laughs> uh. People used to be able to go outside and look up and there were stars in the sky. You know, and they, go, they don't go out all at once, they go out one at a time. And uh, just since we started the Astronomy Club in 2003, uh, Halibut Point State Park, which has been very dark, especially for some place that close to Boston, uh, it's been very dark. The Milky Way arches from horizon to horizon on a good night. Uh, the nearest light bulb is in Portugal. So it's quite dark. It's been getting brighter and brighter and brighter, both creeping up from Boston and creeping in from, from Gloucester uh, and to a lesser extent Rockport. Mm -hmm. um, what people are saying goodbye to is something that they're chasing in the rest of their lives, which is a sense of the infinite. Coming to terms with nature, coming to terms with infinity, coming to terms with mortality. Half of what there is in the world is above the horizon. And that's what everybody's losing. Mm -hmm. So we'll be losing that access to the beauty of the Milky Way. And we can see the Milky Way right at the end of Halibut uh, State Park, um, as you mentioned. And so how, how is it starting to diminish? Like you were saying, it's creeping up. It's light creep. Yes. Um, light pollution. So let's define light pollution. Dick? Light pollution is the glow that you see in the sky from misdirected lights lights that should be shining down where they do some good, protect your property, uh, make it safe to walk. But if you go around town, you'll see all these lights that half of the light is just going up into the sky. And that light is absorbed by our atmosphere. And as Mario will explain a little later, with LED lights, there's a part of the spectrum of these lights is just like sucked up by our atmosphere. and. Uh, that's, so we end up with a kind of a yellow-gray haze where there used to be a starlit sky. So that's light pollution. So l let's return to the Gloucester Area Astronomy Club because I know that you're, you're in different places but mostly over on the side of where Halibut State Park is. And there was an issue recently that I wanted to bring up around the lighting uh, yeah. where the building there uh, is being restored. What exactly happened there? The roof uh, caved in and they got a grant to do some repairs and the grant didn't go far enough to finish the job so they got another pile of money. They took a little bit of the new pile of money, I don't know dollar amounts, um, finished 
making the uh, structure sound. And then they started looking around, I guess, for other things to do with the money because all of a sudden now they're going to make a welcoming field for people to get to the park and put a sign up. And they've got, uh, Dick said you saw how many uh, new well, lights on the Well, they also installed a lot of lights around the building perimeter that weren't there before. And this is, you know, as a dark sky sanctuary, the last thing you want to do is install a lot of lights. And they're required by code in this visitor center, any building, to have them over like, you know, access and exits around the building. But they had, they had like 14 lights around this little, little building. And so it, it created quite a kerfuffle, which I was glad to see. People really took this seriously. And they, uh, they backed off and they put those lights on timers so they go off at six o'clock at night now, which is just fine. Yeah. Great, so that has solved the issue? The, Eric, the, do you want to say Yeah, the, the unfortunate thing about the Hollywood Point situation was the public meeting they had was after the plans were all in place. Yeah. They needed to have input, apparently not recognizing the level of love and interest of the resource that actually exists at Hollywood Point. That meeting should have taken place before they um, did a design plan, mm -hmm. and they would have got good input. They already had contracts fully in place when they had the public meeting. So I it wasn't see. a meeting to discuss what to do, it was a meeting to say what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And almost across the board, every person there was well attended, touched on the lighting issue. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's just not a resource for locals. People are coming here to see the dark sky, to be able to participate in um, astronomy, uh, uh, tourism, right? So yeah. it's, a, it's an economic driver for the area. Sure, and it's not just a static resource because when the dark skies go, um, so do the meteor showers, which everyone wants to go out and see the, the meteor showers. Everybody wants to go out and see this thing or that thing. Or, um, it all goes away. Yeah. If you go to uh, Boston and look up, it's a creamsicle. Sure. Mm -hmm. In addition to being a happy, a very proud member of GAC, the Gloucester Astronomy Club, I've been a member of the Amateur Telescope Makers of Boston since 1967, so long-term member. And a number of the members there are looking, always looking around for a place. They have a place up uh, in Westford, but that's getting really light polluted. So a number of them are coming up here to, to view the sky. And as I passed uh, board uh, the International Dark Sky, uh, we started a program there where we actually designate areas uh, as dark sky uh, sanctuaries. And a number of them have been uh, designated over the world. Every one of them now are tourist meccas, hmm. which uh, and it increased tourism and increased the economic output of that area because people want to see that kind of an area. Yeah, it's not some place like Halibut State Park, is that No, that well, I wouldn't qualify because it's got too many lights. It's got too many lights, oh. Already. Already, it's, yeah. it's too many lights. The nearest lights. one to us is uh, in Maine. Um, Acadia? Uh, Acadia. Acadia. And Katahdin, uh, right. And the next closest is up in uh, Quebec in the Sherbourne area. Hmm. But we have something. We have something yeah. here that yeah. is drawing folks, oh, yeah. and it's, um, and, and it's wonderful. Uh, I, let's let's touch on the light pollution yeah. issue because we have lots and lots of lights in Gloucester. And uh, could we talk about that um, as an issue, uh, both um, um, from the standpoint of 
lighting being it's too bright down there in Rogers Street <laughs> if I could if I could just say that and so what is a, what do you all think about what's good lighting in Gloucester and what's bad lighting in Gloucester and where where could there be some improvements sure Mario? The, um, the AMA uh, I'm a past president of the Mass Medical Society and been on the Council of Science Public Health for eight years at the AMA recently got elected as trustee when I was on the Council on Science I was I've been very interested in light pollution issues for a long time initially I'll admit because of my interest in astronomy but for the last 25 years it's been the medical issues the glare issues and the environmental issues mm -hmm. and this is something completely independent even if you don't care about the night sky you should care about these issues so glare which I describe in is disability glare light that's shining in your eyes the whole purpose of a light is to shine down on an object and then into your eye if it goes directly into your eye all it does is constrict the pupil and if it constricts the pupil then the light is the right brightness but everything around you looks dark okay and that's the problem with disability glare so if you have bad lighting on the streets and you're driving along and this becomes more of a problem as you get older uh, and at 60 years old you're three times more affected by disability glare than when you're 20 years old so if the pupils constrict and you start having microcalcifications in your in your eye your lens which happens at that age okay it's kinda like the uh, snowstorm effect the light scatters and blue light scatters the most and when that happens you don't see well okay and that's why elderly people tend to get in accidents and why they a lot of them feel well they might just be getting old and I can't drive no it's bad engineering that's keeping you from driving it's bad lighting it's bad lighting bad engineering and that's why you can't drive at night mm -hmm. in proper lighting in many cities around the country like Tucson Phoenix, other areas that have done proper lighting, you can drive much better no matter what your age. Mm -hmm. What about the, the health impacts um, sure. in addition to what you were just saying? Could you go into that a little further? Sure. The reason, I mean, the AMA is a medical organization. We do standards for medical issues, and they wouldn't have adopted anything like this if there wasn't a lot of hard science behind it. In fact, I'll um, I'll talk about that in just a second, but what the reason they adopted is specifically because of the medical issues of bad lighting. So bad lighting, especially the blue, okay, there is a special receptor in the eye that was just discovered in uh, around the year 2003 called the IPG receptor. So we have black and white receptors for night vision. We have blue, red, green, and that allows you to see. But there's a fifth receptor that doesn't is not for vision at all it's just to notice intense blue light and basically it probably evolves so that when the sun comes up and you have a blue sky it wakes you up and that's what it does it wakes you up the reason it wakes you up is it suppresses melatonin so when you stimulate that receptor you're basically telling the brain wake up so the problem with these LED lights is they tend to be blue LEDs and what they do is coat them with a phosphor to re-radiate at a low, warmer wavelength. The, um, they use a rather arcane method of describing these. They're called 4000K, and that's the color temperature for which you heat up a, an iron. I mean, to put it in perspective, 4000K lights were the first ones out. They're very blue. 30% of the light output is blue. 
that means you're suppressing your melatonin. And if you suppress your melatonin, what you're doing is you're suppressing your immune system. A uh, number of studies have shown from three from Sweden, number from Europe, a few from here, that if you suppress melatonin, women have a 15% greater risk of breast cancer. I wrote a paper on that in the Journal of Cancer in 2013, and it was the first paper in that cancer journal about light causing cancer. Uh, I wasn't the expert, I was more of a mediator getting uh, true experts together. Mm -hmm. the, um, the, it's not that light, and let me be very clear, light doesn't cause cancer but light suppresses melatonin. Melatonin can be thought of as an adjuvant that stimulates killer T cells and your immune system to kill cancers. Mm -hmm. You produce a, probably at least one or two breast cancers every day, but you're alive and doing well because your immune system kills these off immediately. So if you think about suppressing the immune system by suppressing melatonin more, mm -hmm. what ends up happening is there's a higher probability that one of these are going to get through. Mm -hmm. So when, when you're walking around Gloucester, are you nervous <laughs> no, no. about the lighting situation? No, it, I think it, we've done a good job. I mean, it could be better, but at least we passed the regulations that limit the bad lighting. So the message from the AMA is we're not telling people not to use LED lights. That's the proper thing to do. You cut because they use less energy. They're energy efficient. But not the 4,000K, which are 30% blue. When I wrote the paper, the best were available with 3,000K. Mm -hmm. Should be 3,000K or below, and that's what the paper said. So this is an indicator for people when they're going to buy municipalities LED lights. And yeah, and municipalities especially. Right. Because where are LED lights or businesses uh, putting up LEDs or um, other kinds of floodlights? Uh, what, are, what are you seeing around that that are red flags, I guess, um, for it's lights. It's kind of a stark white look. Some people call it a prison yard look. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a sterile, kind of like um, Night of the Living Dead look. <laughs> That's how people in Boston described it when they put those lights up in the right. neighborhood. The Night of the Living Dead. You mean yeah. the, the LED street lights? Yeah, these the, bright, the bright, bright, these high blue Kelvin too bright, lights. Too yeah. blue, too bright. They're too yeah. To their credit, the city of Gloucester, uh, was initially going to put those up all through the city, and they, uh, thanks in part to Mario and others, uh, they got the facts and they changed. And they, we have a, sort of a proper set of street lights now. And we hope that Rockport will do the same as they move to their decision. Yeah. The AMA report actually stimulated a number of cities to do the right thing, and the cities that did the wrong thing are now realizing their mistake. Such Just as? Just two weeks ago, Seattle, 10 years ago, put up 4,000 K lights endless complaints from citizens. You don't realize it until you have to live in it, how bad they are. So endless complaints, cities now taking them all down and spending more money by putting up 3,000K. LA started with 4,000 complaints. They went up to 2,700, which is even better. That's only about 15% blue. Uh, another good example, uh, Davis, California, Monterey, they put up 4,000K. The citizens in Monterey sued the city and in Davis actually voted themselves a tax increase. When do you hear that? Because they hated the lights so much they wanted them down and they put up the proper lights. Chicago was gonna go 4,000K. They pulled the contract and uh, right after the AMA report came out 
and Siemens lost a $1 billion contract because they only had 4,000 K lights. If you mention my name to Siemens, you're not going to get a pleasant response. <laughs> but they went 3,000 K because of that. Right. New York City started with 4,000 K in Queens. Endless complaints. You can Google this at uh, New York Times articles over endless complaints about a prison atmosphere, just like you mm -hmm, said. Mm -hmm. They abandoned the 4,000 K and went to 3,000 K. The message here is don't make the mistake the cities that made this mistake and then have to go back and either retrofit or take them down mm -hmm. and spend even more money. So, so what do you all think about this, um, this, this security issue? So lights mean security, right? It means that we're, we're safe to walk down the street. We need these street lights. We need brightly lit places well, so that I we think, won't be afraid. Uh, I think it's a red herring. I, there's no... In, real contradiction between keeping the skies dark and security and safety. Mm -hmm. You know, it's light that shines up into the sky Doesn't benefits no one. Yeah. Right. Uh, it benefits the power company because it's all this wasted, these wasted photons going into the sky. What you want it is where you're going to walk, where th there's some safety issue or security issue. And I think Mario pointed out the glare and other things just reduce. I have to jump that. in here, may I? Sure. Okay, so I've been waiting 30 years for a good study that says extra lights mean security. Mm -hmm. The reason you never hear a power company show you a study is because it doesn't exist. Every study that's been done show excess lighting decreases security. School systems have found this out. They put up security lights around schools, vandalism and crime goes up. Kids are like moths, they go where the lights are. Okay? And in Put up security cameras, nothing works. The only thing that works, take the lights down. All of a sudden, the vandalism goes away. Because yeah. it's dark and so exactly. people aren't going there. Michael? Security is very abstract. Let's talk about money. Um, if you shine lights up into the sky, someone's paying for that. All right? Um, whoever, you're sharing it with your electric bill, everybody pays it. Or you're paying it because of the, the prices you're paying to light up the parking lot that way mm -hmm. or something. But if you shine light on the things you need to be able to see, if you shine them on your front stoop instead of in your visitor's eyes, if you shine them on the street instead of in uh, the windshield of cars, you can reduce the amount of light you're using. And if you reduce the amount of light you're using, you can reduce the cost by 50, 60%. Yeah. It's a very simple concept, savings. actually. Mm -hmm. If you have a naked light bulb, as others have pointed out, the light goes up. Okay? So put a shield over it and direct the light down to where you need it because that's the only purpose of the light is to bounce off the ground, right? Not to shine in your eye or shine in space. But once you do that, you've redirected that 40% onto the ground, so now you have twice as much light as what you really wanted, so cut the wattage in half. Mm -hmm. So it's it works. It's a really simple it, it, concept. Save a lot of public mo money right? just by pointing the lights where they're needed instead of where you, you think they must be needed, although we must have to make it brighter than this right. or it's not safe. So, Eric, thing. I was going to go to you because you were on the planning board at the time when Rockport was looking at its uh, lighting bylaws. Can you talk a little bit about what you did? Yeah, um, it was actually led up by some of you may not know Jack Heinzman from Rockport. Jack yeah. Heinzman actually was the one that pushed it when I was on the planning board, and he, he, he stuck with it all the way through, and the planning board was unanimous from beginning to end that we indeed needed lighting bylaws in Rockport, and we got both a, it was one of the first in the state, lighting bylaws. Um, and um, it, it's worked fairly well, but, but in the end, you know, from what I've found is what, what is needed more than anything 
is public education more so than a bylaw. People need to be educated about its impacts, recognizing those impacts, whether it's medical, environmental, social, monetary, climate change. They need to recognize those impacts and desire the change more so than we need bylaw. We need both, but, in, but increasingly, I certainly recognize we need to get the word out more about the impacts. Do you think people should speak up if, there's, if they yeah. see a lighting issue? Yeah. So be more aware, which is what we're doing here. I hear people all the time talking about Oh, I live across the street from McDonald's, which is on Maplewood yeah. in, in Gloucester. Go over there sometime after dark. <laughs> How these guys got those lights through our lighting code uh, certification. Yeah. These lights shine up in this apartment building across the street, you know, 60 yeah. feet mm -hmm. above the ground. The and I've heard people companies. say, you know, I can't sleep at night because of these lights. Right. You know, but they don't, they don't go to the right person. So who do they need to complain to? Because I also have heard this from people. The lights are shining into my bedroom window. My daughter and I can't sleep. Um, it's really affecting my sleep patterns. And so wh who do you go to? Do you go to the business? Do you go to Both. City Hall? Both. There, there's a memo that leaked out from Burger King, and I know McDonald's does the same thing. They intentionally shine a light into the street to blind drivers so that when you're driving, you go like this and notice that there's a burger. Wow. You're kidding. I am not kidding. Wow. I have that memo. That's amazing. And that's disturbing. An intentional what? act to blind you. So well, one, one thing I, I, I want to include in this, where we're, we're right now centric on the human impact. And... Studies are only just coming out as you're citing medically on humans. We're just learning, even though we've intuitively known many things, every other species yep. on the planet. And we have hardly studied them. Bird migration, mm -hmm. insect migration, fish migration. Absolutely. Reptiles, amphibians, turtles. Many of the, those are many of the things that mean a lot to people here on Cape Ann. Um, and people need to recognize when we're seeing dead animals in roads, some, a lot of those sometimes are from lights from the streets. They get attracted, they get disoriented. So there's a much broader impact. By no means is anyone at this table saying, make all lights go away, yeah. short of saying, make people all go away. It's the amount of trespass and excess, lice, uh, excess light almost certainly could be reduced very, very significantly with no impact on what people actually want. That's the key. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of light that can be eliminated that is not benefiting anybody. So is this political will to get it done to, or is this inspections? Um, you know, what is the issue if there are these light bylaws and uh, on the books in both Gloucester and Rockport? What, what needs education. to happen? Education. Education. And it, mm -hmm. Even we have these bylaws about uh, that the building inspector is supposed to enforce on outdoor lighting, but electricians install these lights. I don't think they have any clue that we have a light lighting code. Yep. Uh, they don't understand it, and so lights get put up, and that, that's what happens. And people put them up around their houses because they don't know that it's going to make a difference. They could go and get these, these uh, Sky safe lighting from Lowe's or um, Home Depot. They're available, but Home somebody Depot. makes a choice that hasn't hasn't been educated about the Ask difference. at Home Depot for dark sky 
safe lighting. They do have them, and if you ask for them, they'll show them to you. It's, yeah, and actually, I, when I did an addition to my house about 12 years ago, we specifically looked for them. I even saved the boxes. I have the boxes to show people for demonstrations. Of all of the exterior lights that you could find at any of the lighting stores, I would go so far as to say less than 0.5%, maybe 0.01% would meet what we're talking about. So there's a m huge problem that exists. Almost all the lights that are built by all of the companies don't meet what we're describing. So what can homeowners do? Because, <clears throat> excuse me, um, homeowners like to light the outside of their homes and sometimes to uh, neighbors' distress. <laughs> um, and, but they also light the inside of their homes. Is, what can homeowners do but, about exterior and interior lighting so that it's within the, the bylaws, but it's also healthy light, it's, or it's light that's not disturbing the dark sky. Well, very few indoor lights are for, those are glow lights, and no one would put those in your own home. They, they're just too blue, too prison atmosphere like. So the indoor lights tend to be 3,000K, 2,700K, mm -hmm. uh, if they're designed for indoor properly. The only time you use 4,000K is in a uh, business atmosphere where you want to keep people awake working and they don't have access to windows. Uh, but I mean that's just a matter of education and realizing that too much lighting, letting kids play with uh, phones at night and uh, keeping their melatonin suppressed is bad for them. And there are many medical studies showing that. In fact, it's not a new thing. In fact, the, medic, the uh, uh, prize in uh, uh, the, Nobel the Nobel Prize, Prize in Medicine in 2017 went to the three researchers that elucidated the biochemical reason why melatonin causes uh, suppression. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it's pretty established science at this point. Mm -hmm. Motion detectors, Motion timers, detectors. Mm -hmm. be nice to your neighbor, don't shine your lights in, in their bedroom window, and a lot of common sense stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, one thing I, I do when I drive around town looking for bad lights to report to the city, you go out on a foggy night, you can see the light pattern of every light. And you can see the ones that, you know, it seems like they're facing this way. But when you look at it, the light's going way up here, it's going way down here. Uh, and so if you're a homeowner and you have your own lights, go out some on a, on a foggy night, see where that light's going. If it's, go, it's going up in the trees, Yep. Hey, tilt that thing way down. Or you can put one of these or shields, or shields sure. that you have on it. And then Michael. use a lower wattage light yeah. and save some money on your electric bill. Mm -hmm. um, if being a good neighbor isn't enough of an incentive, then maybe you could save so some Just money. shield spotlights. I know that in my area there are people who have spotlights and they shine them out thinking that that's, you know, right. every, if you think about it, that means about 10 or 20% of the light's actually in the ground. Most of it's going up into space, mm -hmm. the neighbor's house, or into the trees. Mm -hmm. If you can see the trees, you're doing bad lighting. Another thing that I would suggest to anybody uh, in this audience is if this issue is of any concern to you, to occasionally go to a site plan review meeting or a hearing on any kind of development and just ask about how they're dealing with lighting. It's a legitimate question to ask at a lot of permitting processes and it gets it on the spotlight. It gets the board and committee to say that's a question we need to have answered and uh, it was surprising how many architects and developers, the electricians, others weren't even thinking about it and the moment they were asked 
they said, no problem. We will mm -hmm. modify the lighting. Mm -hmm. And it, it's the education part. Well, here's to a more dark sky on Cape Ann. And I thank you all for being on Cape Ann Report uh, to talk about this really important issue. And uh, viewers, uh, look into the light pollution issue on Cape Ann. And also, why don't you uh, take a, um, a trip over to the Gloucester Area Astronomy Club. You have uh, events and opportunities, uh, especially come summer. I'm your host, Maureen Aylward. Check us out on social media. And thanks for watching. Take care.